the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, I want to look at Psalm 63. Declares, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I want to continue a series of messages today that we began a few weeks ago just to be close to you. We began our series in Psalm 84 speaking from the subject matter seeking sanctuary with the Lord of hosts. Then on last week we were in Mark chapter 5 and we spoke from the subject the pleadings of his presence. There in Mark chapter 5, we saw three different occasions that as a result of the presence of God, pleadings began to take place. I want to use these verses, these eight verses in Psalm 63 this morning to speak from the subject matter, a wilderness desire for God. This is a Psalm of David. A writing of his personal experience. And this psalm has as his basis Second Samuel chapter 15, uh, where David is on the run from his own son Absalom. David is uh, following the priests. Uh, Zadok and the Levites are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and his son Absalom has conspired to take his father's throne. And David says to Zadok, who's the priest, he says, Zadok, take the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, back to the city. He says, Zadok, when you 
go into the city, tell my son that you'll serve him. But Zadok, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay out here in the plains of the wilderness. And I'm going to wait for you to send the word that I can come back to my kingdom. And he says, if the Lord finds favor with me, I'm going to be able to return to my kingdom. If I, I have not found favor in the eyes of my God, then let the Lord do to me whatever he wills. That's a man who trusts his God. The Bible says there in 2 Samuel, then David left and he walked up the side of Mount Olives barefooted, weeping bitterly and crying before the Lord. While he's on his journey out of the kingdom and on the run and the presence of God has been sent back to the city and David runs into this servant by the name of Ziba. And Ziba takes advantage of David's situation and he tricks him out of the estate that belongs to Mephibosheth, the disabled son of Jonathan. He, he, he takes advantage of him and then David goes on. See, David's not in his right mind. David is in trouble. David's world is falling apart all around him. He can't think straight. He can't make decisions right. And while he's going, he runs into another man by the name of Shimei. Shimmy starts cussing him out, picks up stones and throwing stones at the king. Because you know when you're down, folk will, will kick you when you're down. But if that wasn't enough, while he's out of town, his son is back in town. He's taken over the kingship and he's humiliating David's reputation. He's mocking him and disgracing him and he brings David's concubines out in front of all of Jerusalem and he sleeps with his concubines in front of everybody. He's being humiliated. He's being taken advantage of. And you know, like I said, when it rains, it pours. Everybody wants to get in on it while you got you down. And it's in that experience that David writes and pins this psalm in this wilderness experience. He begins, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. First point I want to pull out of this text is seeking and searching for the power and the glory of God. David says here in the text, Lord, I'm looking for something because where I am is barren. There's nothing here. Uh, but what I'm searching for, Lord, is I'm searching for your glory and your power. But, but David, when do you look for his glory and for his power? He says, early in the morning. Sometimes you need to get up early before everything gets moving, before everybody else in the house gets up, before all the phone calls start coming in, before the rest of the trouble comes in for today. Because, you know, every day has trouble for itself. Sometimes you just need to get up early in the morning and say to God, God, you have priority in my life. Because, God, you mean everything to me. My soul thirsts for you. I like the way David starts all this off because he says, God, you are my God. And here, every fiber of my body is longing for you and thirsting for you. My kingship has been stripped from me. My son is making a mockery of me. These other folk don't care about me, but God, I'm seeking you. Everything about me is longing for you, for your presence. And I sent your presence back to the city as I seek and search for your power and your glory. Look at the text. It says, 
So I, I have looked for you in the sanctuary. Uh, David says, I've, I've looked for you, God. I've, I've searched for you. And, and what, I, what I see David, in essence, declaring here is that I had a premonition of you, God. I, I had in my mind, I saw you between the, the cherubims and between the wings of the seraphims on the ark. And God, I had a premonition that I was looking for you. And what I was looking for was your power and your glory. When I was reading through this text, it, it reminded me of Exodus chapter 33. Moses says to God, God, show me your glory. And Moses calls out to God and God says to Moses, look, wait a minute, Moses, let me tell you something. Moses, I can't show you my face. And what God was saying when he said, I can't show you my face, what, what, Moses, what God was saying to Moses, Moses, I'm a spirit being. You can't physically see me. I like this, but, but Moses, what I'm going to do is I'm going, I'm going to allow my goodness to pass in front of you. And, 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 I, and I thought about that. I said, why is God letting his goodness pass before him? And Moses said, I want to see your glory. And God said, if you look at what I've done, you'll see my glory. If you think about my goodness and all the goodness I've done, if you look at that, you'll see my glory. Second movement of the text is he's praising him. Praising God for his loving kindness. Watch this. Because after I've seen his glory and his power, it'll provoke me to praise him. See, now, some of you think that you got out of some of your stuff because you had a checkbook that could cover the bill. Some of you think you got out of your situation you was in because you had the best team of doctors. But God's got a way of putting you in a place that your doctor can't help you. And your checkbook can't write a check to get you out of this. But when he demonstrates, watch this, his loving kindness to you, it'll, it'll cause you to break out in praise. It's right here in the text. Verse 3 says, because of your loving kindness, it's better to me than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied and with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. David says, look here, my lips can't help themselves when I think about your loving kindness. My lips get involved and start shouting glory, hallelujah. My lips begin to praise you. My lips begin to celebrate you. My lips begin to give you the honor and the glory that you do. David says, not only do my lips praise you. If you look on in the text, he says, I'll bend my knees. I will bless you while I live. The word we see here in the text that's used for bless is the word barak. I will barak you, God. That means I will kneel to you, God. I will, I will, I will show you that you mean more to me than I mean to myself. Every now and then you need to realize you ain't all that. A bag of chips and change. There is a God that's greater than you. And David said, when I think about your loving kindness, I can't help but bow my knees to the God who saved me, to the God who rescued me. David says, I bow myself. I kneel myself. I humble myself to you because of your loving kindness. Not only do my lips get involved, but my knees get involved. 
David says, when my lips get tired and my knees can't bow no more, then my hands get involved. David says, I will bless you with my hands. When I can't think of nothing else to say, when I got to the end of myself, David says here in the text, I will lift my hands to you, Lord. I'll lift my hands in your name. God, I'll lift up my hands saying to you that you are everything to me. God, I surrender. Lord, I love you. I don't know about y'all, but every now and then I get into a praise with God that I can't think of what to say. The words won't come out. I can't think of a dance. The dance won't work. But all I can do is wave my hands. And I've got the kind of God that he knows what the hand wave means. Your hand wave might mean one thing. My hand wave might mean another. But I serve a God that when I think of the goodness and the loving kindness of my Savior, I just wave my hand. When I think of where he brought me from and I think of the blessings that he's poured on me, how he left me, how he kept me, how he blessed me, I can't help myself. I got to praise him. I got to bend my knees. I got to wave my hands. I've got to shout. I've got to make some noise. I can't keep quiet. He's been too good to me. David says, when I think of your loving kindness, I'll shabak you. I'll barak you. I lift my hands in your name. Watch this. In the middle of the desert, my soul gets satisfied. When my lips are dry and there's no water in this dry land, my soul starts getting satisfied. Because I praise him who's been good to me. It's right here in the text. He says, uh, my soul is satisfied. Listen to this. With marrow and with fatness. Now, that don't mean a whole lot to y'all, but let me break that down for you. Marrow means it tastes good. Now, now watch this. It's one thing to be satisfied with something that tastes good. But you know how it is when you eat cotton candy. It tastes good, but it ain't too filling. It ain't too, you know, like for me, I like to eat junk food. And I can eat some junk food, but junk food ain't nourishing. So, so junk food takes care of the, the marrow part, uh, but it doesn't take care of the fatness part. In other words, fatness represents nourishment. Marrow represents sweetness. So, Lord, while I'm praising you, my soul gets satisfied with, with what it needs nourishment-wise, but also sweetness-wise. Because, Lord, you're so sweet that, that while I'm praising you, while I'm celebrating you, my soul gets everything that it needs. It feels good and it's good. I like that because like a lot of times we like to praise God just because it feel good and see some of us have gone the opposite direction because he said we don't take all that it don't take all that we ain't got to be doing all that celebrating we ain't got to be shouting you ain't got to be doing all you ain't got to take it don't take all that well it might not take all that for you because you was born holy because this world revolves around you but for, for me, I ain't got all that going on. And so for me, it takes praising him. It takes shouting to him. It takes all that because, watch this, it, it's, it's what my soul needs to be satisfied as a result of what he's done for me. 
Because sometimes you're saying, Lord, thank you, that ain't enough. <laughs> sometimes I got to shout it. Sometimes I got to dance it. Sometimes I got to wave it. Sometimes I got to bow it. But I've got to say to him, thank you for your loving kindness. David here in the text begins to praise God for his loving kindness. After he has sought him and we saw the seeking and the searching of his power and his glory. Then the praising of God for his loving kindness. But the last thing here in the text that David picks up in verse number six. uh, He says, now, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. The last thing I want to point out here is remembering God for his help. David says, I've been stripped of my kingdom. I've been humiliated along the road. Everybody who had a chance to take advantage of me has now taken advantage of me. I'm out here in this wilderness place. I've sent the presence of God back to the city. I'm walking around in the desert barefooted and I was the king. But when I lay down at night, instead of me trying to think about how I can get back at my son Absalom, instead of me trying to think about how I'm going to sneak back into my kingdom, instead of me worrying about whether I'm going to get killed tomorrow. David says, while I'm laying down at night, I'm meditating on you, God. And, and why, David, why are you meditating on God? And David says here in the text, because you have been my help. Now watch this. Say, I'm going to bed. Turn off the light. Pray. I hope you do. Get in the bed. Try to lay down. You close your eyes. As soon as you close your eyes, you start worrying about the problem. So you turn to the other side thinking that you're going to fool the problem. And when you turn on the other side, you think about the problem some more. You toss and you turn and you worry. Then you get up and say, I can't sleep. You walk the floor and you worry. You go downstairs and you worry. Maybe if I get me something to eat, this might help you start eating and you're worrying. You're worrying and you're worrying and you're worrying. And David says, I'm not worried. When I go to sleep at night, I meditate on God. Because history has shown me and proven to me that you have been my help. Let me help somebody right about here. If I'm going through something today and I've got history with God. That in my history with him, he's always been my help. He's always been my strong tower. Then I can probably stop worrying about what's going on right now. David says, now look, I think back over the history of my life. Can y'all walk with me for a moment? David goes back to a time when he went to deliver some sandwiches to his brothers. When he got there to the battlefield, there's this uncircumcised giant, Goliath, on the other side, cursing the whole nation of Israel. The Bible says that when David showed up and he sees all the armies of Israel standing back like a bunch of cowards, and they're afraid of this giant. And David comes down and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
I will come against him in the name of the Lord because I know that all of my help comes from the Lord. David picks up, this is just my version of the story, five smooth stones, one for Goliath and four for his brothers just in case they decide to come and start some trouble. He picks up the slingshot, begins to wave it around in the air. Now David knows he ain't that good, but he knows that the help for this stone is coming from the Lord. Now the man is nine feet, ten inches tall, and he's got all his armor on. He's got a shield in front of him. He's got an armor bearer holding a shield in front of that. And David is here slinging a slingshot with a smooth rock. He knows he can't penetrate a shield. He knows he can't get around the armor bearer. But in the power of God, because God is his help, he slings the slingshot and takes and hits Goliath right in the head. He falls down dead. David goes, picks up the sword, not in his own strength because he's too small to handle it. But he picks it up in the strength of the Lord because God will help you in a time of trouble. And he cuts on Goliath's head. David said, I know something about where my help comes from. And so he begins to remember his help. And here it is in verse number six. He says, I remember you on my bed. He's meditating on all the things. I remember how you delivered me from Saul. I remember how I was in the, in the wilderness and a bear came against me and I killed the bear. I remember when, how a lion came against me and I killed a lion. And I didn't do it because it was, I was so good, but I did it because the strength of the Lord was with me. Because God was my help. God has been my help. In essence, David would say, all my life, all my appointed days, God has helped me. And I don't know where you are this morning, but if you look back over your life, I declare you were determined that it was God who helped you. It wasn't your education that got you that job. It was God who helped you. It wasn't your wisdom that got you up out of the hospital. It was God who helped you out the hospital. It wasn't, it wasn't your good looks that got you married to that good man or that good woman. It was the help of God. God has helped you all the steps of your life. And so even while you're in the middle of a desert experience, guess what? You can still remember the help of God. Listen to David here. He says, now, as I remember the help of God while meditating him on my bed, he says, as a result of remembering all the help that God has brought me, he says, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. God, I'll get up under your wings. I'll get up under your protection. And when I'm up under your protection, listen, in the middle of my desert experience, I'll hide up under your wings and I'll rejoice because you've been my help in the past and I know you won't stop being my help in the future. So even though folk are knocking me down, even though the bottom seems like it has fallen out, even though it seems like I don't have nothing to hold on to, I know that you're holding on to me. It's right there in the text. He says, your hand, your right hand upholds me. So when I'm falling, he's holding me. Isn't it good to know that God will uphold you with his strong right hand. And David says, look, I remember the help of God in my wilderness experience. I remember that God has been my help. And if God, listen to me, if God has been your help all these many years, why would you panic now? David says, I remember that you are my help. While I'm here in the middle of this desert experience, desiring you, oh God. I'm seeking and I'm searching for your power and your glory. And Lord, I think about your loving kindness. 
and I start praising you in the desert, in the dry place. And while I'm praising you, I remember that you've always been my help. And if you've always been my help, even though I'm in a dry place right now, I can depend on you to help me even now. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Hi, Don Crow here for Food for the Poor, inviting you to join us in our exciting campaign this month to provide food for a year and... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.